It's May 20th, 2020. Welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. Uh, first up, we'll have Melly James from Mana Up here to tell us about a three-day workshop to build your digital marketing skills. Then we'll be joined by Sarah Millie Milianta Laffin from the Department of Education, uh, Ilima uh, Ilima Intermediate School and of course David Miyashiro from Hawaii Kids Can we'll talk about the Wi-Fi on Wheels project they've been championing first off I want to let you know that on May 30th through the 31st NASA along with the European Space Agency and the Japan Aerospace Exploration Agency uh, they're inviting coders entrepreneurs scientists designers storytellers and technologists to participate in a virtual hackathon during the period of 48 hours, participants from around the world can create virtual teams and use Earth observation data to develop solutions to to um, maybe solve some of the problems facing the COVID-19 pandemic. So uh, if you are interested, you can go to, um, and I'll put this uh, link up on the show notes for later on tonight. It's covid19.spaceappschallenge.org. So uh, again, I'll put that up on the show notes uh Stay tuned at 9 o'clock tonight and you'll get that. Of course, now I want to welcome Melly James from Mana Up and she is here to tell us about this uh, three-day digital marketing workshop for local businesses. Welcome to the show, Melly. Thanks for, for having me. Now, you're, uh, you've, been, you've been busy, 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 you know, taking care of uh, Mana Up. Uh, and I know you've got a cohort coming, co- coming up uh, shortly, uh, which I think we'll do something on uh, the uh, June 3rd, uh, uh, Bite Mars Cafe. But uh, in... in I guess, uh, what, warming up to that, you have this three-day digital workshop. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so, you know, we have our House of Mana Up retail location, which is located in the Royal Hawaiian Center on the ground floor. And, you know, when everything started shifting here, uh, we had to close shop and really turning on our e-commerce. Um, and also kind of looking at our 41 portfolio companies and seeing how many of them who had had a more robust e-commerce and digital presence are faring much better during this time um, than the ones that haven't. And so as we've been building up our e-com, really looking at where we can best use uh, all of our profits from our e-commerce to really make impact um, here in Hawaii and really reflecting what we're learning um, as we're kind of fortifying and building for the future and seeing that e-commerce direct-to-consumer is so important, not only for now, but for the future. Um, so we partnered up with King Hawaiian, who matched um, our contribution um, to work with Kahuna Marketing um, for a Level Up Your Digital Marketing online workshop series that will be May 27th, 28th, and 29th from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Hawaii time. Um, and, and really what this workshop series is about is really, you know, kind of workshop one is around digital advertising. It's really more of a foundational um, to understand what the opportunities are and orienting you to the space um, and what the market looks like and really kind of as a baseline. And, you know, a building on that, workshop two will be more around organic traffic and workshop three will be really around paid marketing. So each workshop really builds on each other. So we re- highly suggest that people, if they're interested, um, attend all three. So uh, who are you having, uh, I guess, be a part of this as, as, as instructors? Yeah, so um, Kahuna Marketing, uh, we've worked with and had great experience with them. They're actually ranked in the top 1.5% of Google advertisers. Mm-hmm. So they're very, very um, you know, highly recognized and have worked 
greatly with our companies. They're based on Kauai and have a real dedication to working with local businesses as they, you know, move their business here, realizing they could work remote from anywhere um, and, and can do that from Kauai, which is great. Um, and really kind of wanting to give back to their own backyard. Um, so we are so lucky to have an agency like this here in the islands um, that we can partner up with and who will have a dedication to, to local businesses. So you've been using them for your, you know, like a regular cohort, right? I mean, and then you've always uh, had a strong kind of e-commerce element in all the uh, sort of the, the, the mentorship program that you have with all the all the companies that go through Mana Up. I mean, e-commerce was one of the kind of the foundational things that you've always gotten the companies to leverage as as a part of how they would scale yes so all companies that that come through mana up have to have global ambition um wanting to service beyond just the local market so e-commerce is is a very big revenue channel and that that direct to consumer um and really looking at that storytelling and you know how the world learns about hawaii and deepening that connection with the with the direct consumer is a big part of our program so you know these companies are product-based businesses that are headquartered in Hawaii, that are elevating the brand, and that are at a certain revenue minimum to come into our program. Mm -hmm. And for the workshops, um, we do require that they are a Hawaii-based business. Um, They do have a functioning website that they are currently selling something um, online, a product online. And really that's because these workshops are meant to activate and be able to implement some of these um, learnings immediately. So it's very relevant for companies that are just getting started online and can really kind of turn up the dial with some of these learnings to, to make a real impact. So, um, so in terms of uh, the the actual event, I mean, it's a uh, it's going to be online, right? It's what is it going to be a Zoom kind of a uh, workshop? Yes, it will be a Zoom. So, if you go to houseofmanaup.com um, and register, you'll you will be let known if uh, if you're in. That we we take a look at the website and some other details um, to make sure um, that it's, it's all good. So there is um, sort of like a little, uh, like an application or or at least a little vetting process. Yeah, it's just, you know, your name, email, and your company website, and then which workshops you want to attend. Okay, and then uh, is there a cost to this? Nope, there's no cost, and that's what we've been working on since COVID, um, you know, started, that we, we were utilizing all of our profits from houseofmanaup.com's e-commerce I'm really trying to figure out a great way to impact local businesses here. Um, and again, seeing with even our own companies, the ones that have a much more robust online presence are faring much better. You know, they're mm-hmm. tripling their Amazon sales. And mm-hmm. so we're seeing retail dry up, especially with tourist-based locations. Um, that's really kind of filling in from those revenues. Um, so, we, you know, with our, with our e-com, we're really trying to continue to support our companies, but also with all of these uh, profits, we're helping to underwrite these workshops as, and ma- getting it matched by King's Hawaiian. So uh, what- in addition to that, we have a bonus giveaway. So everyone that attends the workshops get an, gets an extra ticket, and we'll be pulling 10 tickets um, for a six-week consulting um, with Kahuna Marketing. So 10 lucky winners will get a six-week consulting engagement um, during um, that they'll be able to kind of work with executing more search marketing campaigns and stuff like that. Sounds good. So uh, one more time, what's the uh, website? The website is houseofmanaup.com. Okay, and that's where they they can register. Sounds good, yeah. Millie. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for joining for, us. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And, of oh. course, we'll take a short break, and when we return, we'll be joined by Sarah Millie Milianta Laffin and, of course, uh, David Miyashiro. We'll talk about Wi-Fi on wheels. This is Bite Marks Cafe. 
Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors the Rice Partnership and PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. I am happy to welcome Sarah Millie Milianta Laffin. Of course, uh, she can explain her long name to all of us. Uh, and we have David Miyashiro. Millie is the, an educator over at Ilima Intermediate School, and David is the executive director of Hawaii Kids Can. Welcome to Bite Marks Cafe. Hey, Bert. Hi, hey. Bert. Thanks for having us. Sure thing. So, uh, you know, Millie, I mean, I, 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 I'm used to calling you Millie, but uh, maybe you can explain your, your little uh, nickname there. Yeah, so my name is Sarah Millianza Laffin, but that's a lot for students. So they know me as Miss Millie, so I just go by Millie. So I think I'll just go with Millie, too. <laughs> and and um, uh, David, David, you're, you're uh, Hawaii Kids Can. I know we've had you on a couple times, and uh, maybe quickly tell us, uh, you know, refresh our memory. What is uh, Hawaii Kids Can? Yeah, I'm just David M., super easy, um, <laughs> but I'm a big, friend, a big friend of the show, so great to be back. Um, Hawaii Kids Can is a local nonprofit organization. We only started up about three years ago, but we really focus on equity, innovation, and access in our education system, but we do it by working directly with community members as well as policymakers. Yeah, and, you know, just uh, uh, for our listeners, you know, David and I, we've— uh, I mean, mostly David's work, but uh, you know we were helping to get uh, computer science and education, and uh, I think it's been uh, a good good thing to have that added in the curriculum. So thanks to thanks to David and Hawaii Kids Can for making that happen. And Millie, so Millie, you're um, you're a STEM teacher over at uh, Ilima Intermediate, right? Yep, that's my gig. So what is what what is included in in being a STEM STEM teacher? You know, it's a lot of cool stuff. So, of course, we have the, com- the coding and computer science, and that's uh, kind of where David and I had connected previously. And then uh, project-based learning and, of course, place-based learning. You know, Millie, you just uh, you were recognized recently by uh, HSTA, right, the, uh, for uh, a Pono Award. Uh, yeah, it was a really, really great honor. And it's always cool to be recognized by your peers to see you in this work. So the award was based around... Um, not just education, but also focusing on social justice, which is where this great issue we're talking about today comes in. Mm-hmm. Now, HSTA, that's Hawaii uh, uh, State Teachers Association, and not to be confused with HSTE, which is something like, I don't know, Hawaii Science, Science. what uh, is yeah. it? Yeah, Hawaii Society for Technology and Education. Ah, there you also go. A new, a new <laughs> board member of them, too. So. Yeah, yeah, so you're, you're involved, uh, involved with that, right? HSTE. Correct. Great. Now, tell us a little bit about uh, how the two of you, I know you've you know worked together before, but how did this idea for trying to equip a bus with, with Wi-Fi uh, come about, and, and how did you folks uh, find yourselves working together? Sure. Um, it, it, it's a cool story. So about the start of spring break, you know, when quarantine was starting and school was getting canceled, um, through the Hawaii Society for Technology Education, or HISTI, we were having virtual office hours. And I know you spoke to mm-hmm. Shane and CC about that. Right. Um, but one of the things the teachers who were coming to those sessions, um, teachers from anywhere were welcome to come and problem solve what it was taking to move their classes online. And repeatedly, teachers just kept saying, 
um, you know, the struggles where they were worried about students were the ones who didn't have online access. And uh, teachers, as you know, Bert, we're fixers. We want to make things better. Mm -hmm. And uh, we started talking about it on social media um, in the, um, the hashtag 808 educate community because social media has become in this COVID period a virtual teacher's lounge where we ask each other for support. Uh, we were looking around and we noticed that in Austin, Texas, they had this pilot where they were parking school buses that belonged to the district in neighborhoods that were Wi-Fi enabled so students could get to their lessons. And on social media, we started asking, like, could we do this here? And uh, connected with David, and that's where we are today. Oh, that's uh, that's great. And you know, uh, when when uh, I love the idea that teachers they gotta they gotta fix it. But you know, when you start to talk about connectivity and and putting access uh, you know access points on on buses and and actually delivering Wi-Fi to to computers. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of technical detail that goes uh, into doing something like that. So so David, how did you how did you sort of uh, uh, work your way through some of the connecting uh, details of how you would ultimately connect a bus and have it deliver Wi-Fi? Yeah, no, thanks, Bert. You know, it's interesting. Just like uh, Millie said, we have been watching very closely what are other states doing as they try to tackle, you know, this COVID-19 crisis? Because that's the unique thing about this crisis, right, is it's something that's shared globally. Uh, normally, you know, we may be dealing with some kind of, uh, you know, weather events out here or, or false missile crisis, things like that. But mm-hmm. to have something that is so universal is uh, it's a it's a wealth of knowledge. And so I remember seeing uh, South Carolina start up this effort very early on, early March, when their school started to first close. And I thought, man, that is that is a cool idea to have out here. And I think, uh, you know, I hope that we would see some kind of effort to, to build those up, to stand those up. And I keep I kept on looking around and you know, I realized after talking to Millie, you know, maybe we should do it. Let's try to figure out how to get this done. And as I've shared with you before about Hawaii Kids Can, you know, it, if this is the Avengers, we're Nick Fury. We're the one that's connecting the dots and pulling, you know, the superstars together like Millie. And so we've been working really closely with, um, you know, teachers on the ground like Millie, um, nonprofit companies and organizations, um, funders and folks like, um, you know, our industry partners, AT&T, T-Mobile. And we're trying to get everybody to speak the same language, move the same direction. And I think that the, the interest is there, the passion is there to help our kids, and everybody's putting their egos aside to get this done. Oh, that's great. Now, one of the things that, uh, of course, you know, you you obviously need to figure out is uh, where do you want to drive this bus? And, of course, you're going to want to drive the bus where the kids are not connected. So how do you figure out where the kids are not connected? And and uh, obviously, and, and and we've talked about this uh, on a numerous, numerous uh, occasions, there, there aren't like a whole lot of maps out there that tell you where Internet is not being served. So so, Millie, how did how did you guys determine like where would your uh, potential pilots be? I think one of the powerful things there is is talking to the experts, right? And in this case, teachers were the ones coming to the table as practitioners, saying like these are the areas where my kids are or are not connected. And one of the first conversations we really had was about the Leeward Coast, about how uh, those teachers would really, really want their kids to be able to be connected. So that was a region considered for pilot um, and David can tell you about some of the other areas we're looking at. Yeah, so so David, I mean I I know I know Nanakuli, Waianae was was one area 
what are some of the other areas? Yeah, so we, we've tried to be extremely responsive to, you know, the teachers in the communities who've reached out to us. So we know um, the Leeward Coast is, is a major target. And then both um, the east and west sides of Hawaii Island, the Big Island, um, there's a lot of interest and a lot of need. So one of the schools we've been talking to on the Kona side, they shared that of their 700-plus students, you know, about 200-plus or so um, have been in a kind of an off-the-radar, right, since schools have uh, closed down. And so a lot of that is because of the lack of connectivity at home. It's really hard to get through to these, these students. They're not answering, you know, emails. They're not kind of logging into online classes. So, uh, you know, those schools understand exactly where those students are. And the brilliant part is that they're seeing that there's clusters. So there are particular neighborhoods, housing complexes. We have large numbers of um, these students that the schools have identified as disconnected. And so something like a Wi-Fi hotspot, you know, in those neighborhoods that you can deploy, you can put on a schedule, you can hit a lot of students at once. And it's much more cost-effective than purchasing, you know, 200-plus individual take-home Wi-Fi hotspots, too, right? So that's really the name of the game at this point, which is, you know, this our, our community is taking on water, right? We're a boat that has got water coming over this side. Mm-hmm. So we're just trying to pick up that bucket and toss the water over. And so we're trying to get as many people as possible to help out with that and, you know, people are stepping up to the plate, which is awesome. So, so in terms of the, uh, you know, this is more logistics, but what what the buses are available, and how would you uh, perhaps commandeer a bus driver? I think one area where we found, um, uh, I think, some really exciting synergy is it's not just we set up the Wi-Fi and we walk away. The Wi-Fi is one service that can be uh, layered with many more. So if you think about programs like the bookmobile, right, or um, uh, vehicles that deliver food, how do we start to, you know, collate those efforts together so that kids can get potentially multiple services in one location? So it's not just the typical school buses that can be used. You know, any, any kind of nonprofit bus or vehicle that is used to deploy services is a potential target, and guess what? It's easy to uninstall and move that onto a different vehicle. So when the school year starts up again, or you know we get down the road and their field trips again, that you know you can you can have that flexibility, which I think is uh, really exciting. So you know I I do want to also ask you about the issue of of computers because assuming that they don't have a internet connection. Uh, it would probably be a high probability that they probably don't have computers either. So let me let me let's hold that thought. Uh, we'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with uh, Sarah Mili Milianta and David Miyashiro about the importance of getting broadband to these students. And of course, this is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to contributors Ekahi Health, Ulupono Initiative, and Impact Hub Honolulu Co-working. 
Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Sarah Millie Milianta Laffin and David Mirshiro. We're talking about Wi-Fi on wheels and, of course, getting students who aren't connected connected to the Internet. And, of course, right before the break, uh, we're kind of getting into some of the details as to how this would actually kind of get deployed. And, and uh, you know, David, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, if you can team up with others that are serving complementary services, then you can perhaps address a, a wealth of, of uh, needs that are out there. And, and one of the things I wanted to ask you is, you know, in terms of Internet connectivity, that's one thing, but are, they, are the students that you're trying to reach, are they able to have a computer that they could actually use to get on the Internet? Um, one thing we found, we know, so I, I'm a, you know, Hawaii Department of Education teacher, and we've been handing out devices. So Alima has given out about 120 Chromebooks mm-hmm. to students. So if we get them the devices, you know, the devices don't really mean much without the connectivity piece. So um, we want to make sure that since the families have these devices in their hands, they're able to use them um, to promote learning and what we want them to use them for. So, so Millie, in, in terms of... Uh... Ilima, Ilima is over in Eva, but if you're if you're doing let's say a project out in Nanakuli, Waianae, would they also be recipients of of these Chromebooks? Yeah, um, I know most schools have like an individual loaner based program um, that they handle at the site base, um, but I think David can also talk to you about some devices that are um, coming from other places. Yeah, David. So yeah. what's the yeah what's the source of some of the computers? You know there there are a lot of really great organizations out there. There's a um, uh, there's a kind of a organic coalition. Um, it's called the Kuauli um, Access Learning Initiative, mm-hmm. um, and you know there are organizations like Hawaiian Hope um, and Hawaii Energy that you know you have, if you think about all of the e waste that happens every year, right? How often do people change their phones? How often do uh, you know companies stop using you know, these perfectly good computers because they've got the next model. There is just such an inventory out there, but sometimes there's challenges getting those prepped and ready for families and then also, you know, the actual physical act of distribution. So they're so trying to stay closely involved with the conversations in terms of who has um, that inventory of devices and in places where families have devices but not the, um, you know, data plan, right? Mm-hmm. So you might have families who have a, a cell phone or a smartphone that they can share, but their data plan doesn't support them, you know, watching, you know, an hour and a half, um, you know, online lesson on algebra, right? That's, that's going to eat through their data super fast. So that's where it does have that uh, multiplying effect when you can bring in the connectivity with the devices that either exist or you can bring those devices so, David, another thing that I was curious about, and I know you mentioned uh, AT&T and, and T-Mobile, and so you would have uh, the bus uh, go to a particular location, but they would still need to be in some uh, range of a, a cell tower, right? And, and so I think, obviously, I mean, you're going to want to be connected in, in that fashion. Are, are, are there situations where they might be out of cell range or... Uh, how how are you addressing perhaps uh, the fact that these these locations might be pretty remote? Yeah, and that's part of the homework, right? Is to try to figure out based on where the schools identify um, the most bang for a buck. Mm-hmm. Working with the carriers to figure out, you know, what is what's the what's the proper coverage, right? And again, if uh, the the preferred option is to bring the Wi-Fi out as 
close to as possible for the students. But there may be cases where, um, let's say, a church with a parking lot is able to loan out that uh, that, that parking lot at times, right? Mm-hmm. And you can maybe set up the vehicle over there, and it's in a place that has connectivity and isn't too far for the family. So that's where the, the calculus comes together, where you work with the carriers and the schools to really try to triangulate and figure out where those sweet spots are. Now, there's a device that uh, um, you mentioned called the Cradle Point. I mean, and, and what is Cradle Point? What does Cradle Point do? Yeah, they, you know, these are all new terms for me that I've learned <laughs> in the last couple of weeks. But, you know, Cradle Point, um, really, it's, a, it's kind of that, that mobile-based router where um, states have been deploying, have been installing them onto the buses. And so, you know, for a fairly affordable rate um, at for, with a government contract or purchase, um, you can set up, you know, Cradle Point um, that costs, say, somewhere around the $700 to $800 range, um, you know, and reach about 130 individual devices simultaneously. So that's where I think, you know, the potential really is strong because you can you can cover a lot of ground, uh, you know, with, with one device. And with certain extenders, you can reach that up to 700 yards, which mm-hmm. is not mm-hmm. bad. Now, Millie, you know, in terms of the... Uh, getting people kind of up to speed and, and students probably are, are a little bit more up to speed with the di- digital technology than their parents. I mean, is there now an opportunity to do some, you know, digital equity, uh, digital inclusion and have, have the parents involved? And, and who might help deliver that when the bus gets out to that location? I think that's a great piece about the community partners because all the areas that we're looking at Um, have really involved school campuses who are going to be able to take that on. I think all schools, mine included, are realizing that part of the onboarding to the next school year is going to have to definitely be some tech training for families, Um, even as we've been learning about the parts that go into broadband. Because when I first surveyed my families, um, they're like, oh, Millie, we have Internet. But as we've gone later into the school year, that can mean many different things. Mm -hmm. So, Maybe they they thought they had a package high enough, but suddenly when you have three students in your house on video calls, the broadband can't take it um, if they don't have a certain package. The other thing we are noticing, too, is that um, as this economic hardship is hitting families, they're trying to offload things that um, are hurting their budget. And oftentimes that comes with an Internet package. So uh, we know that if we when we deploy these, we're going to really be counting on the schools and community partners to help us get the word out to families on how they can use this resource. Now, now, uh, in terms of the actual deployment, I know there's a lot of pieces that go into this. There's a lot of uh, partners that that need to come to the table. Uh, David, I mean, what when do you see it becoming a reality? I mean, do you have a, a timetable for perhaps when the first bus will roll out? Our hope is to get this up and running in the next couple of weeks. You know, we've had some folks ask us, hey, you know, why why now, right? The school year is almost over. Um, This doesn't really seem like it makes a lot of sense. But the reality is that, you know, summer is a massive opportunity for students to get support and to learn um, and to, to, you know, connect with each other. So we really want students to access all the great local um, summer opportunities. You know, a lot of summer camps and summer programs have had to change their programming to virtual because of, um, you know, health guidelines. And so, you know, for those kids who didn't have great online access for the end of the school year, 
and now they're going to miss out on the summer programming as well. I think that's that's just a tragedy. So our hope is to try to get this up as quickly as possible. And I wanted to shout out um, hot off the presses over the last uh, 24 hours, the Hawaii Department of Education has announced this new program called Mobile Learning Labs. And so it's a really similar concept, which we're excited about. And uh, it seems like they've identified particular communities um, to start with, including Ka'u on the Big Island. Well, David, Hana, you know, I'm going to I'm going to have to end there because, uh, and then I'll I'll put the link up to the DOE's uh, learning lab. So, and I'll I'll put up the link to the Wi-Fi on Wheels as well. Sarah Mili Milianta Laffin is an educator over at Ilima uh, Intermediate School, and David Miyashiro is the executive director of Hawaii Kids Can. I want to thank you both for joining us today, and of course, thank you for listening to Bite Marsh Cafe. Join us next week when we will talk about artificial intelligence to gauge our economic recovery. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. Of course, you can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR1 every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You stay awesome. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Oh,